Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. We are finishing up our series called Hunger for More. And, and I've just heard so many good things about it. I hope that you've enjoyed it. But, but the whole premise of this series has been to strengthen your relationship with God. Changing your diet is changing your life. Let's just kind of, let's get here. Let's just get here real quick. Get here. Changing your diet is changing your life. What, What tables that you sit at, what you consume, what you do, has a direct impact on your life. And I believe by the Spirit of God that more is burning in you. More is not always easy to manage. Every time God has stirred my heart for more, there has been a learning, listen, and an unlearning. If I'm going to be transparent, coming and sitting at this table isn't like a a collective um, uh, education class where God tells me a little bit and I tell him a little bit and we collab on some concepts. No, no, no. When I come to the table, God is like, I want you to unlearn everything because I want to teach you. You may have learned religion. You may have learned attendance. You may have learned worldview. You may have learned economy. You may have learned politics. Whatever you've learned, I have a funnel in which I see it. And if you come sit at my table, I need you to be willing to unlearn. Come on, somebody. It's not just adding. It's also subtracting. God has a table, and, and, and the seat that you have at this table changes every aspect of your life. Now, we're going to be honest. You can accept this seat, or you can reject this seat. You can neglect this seat. But more comes as you sit. More, more, more sounds exciting. But really, if we were going to have an honest conversation over coffee, coffee, we would say that like more always means intentional. More always means discipline. More always means determination. I mean, we can have the post that, that you know, it's so funny when people begin to expand their family and, and they're talking about and pronouncing to the world that there's pregnancy and it's like, it's so hard to determine, like, what's actually happening in the photo. It's like a picture of three eggs. <laughs> New live! And you're like, you like an omelet? Like, what? Like, I don't even know how to interpret. Like, it's, it, but it's like, you know, we have 27 p- comments on the post. Ah! You're going to be good. You know, we get a, we get a, get a photographer And we spend time on the announcement because we're excited about more. And the guy's like, 
But you know what they don't take a picture of? Clean your room! <laughs> Post that. I'd like to bring the photographer over. Okay, this is their room. We have a closet for them. But just kind of line up and take a picture of that. More always means responsibility. More always, like we could be like, more is so exciting. Is it? You can't just add to your life. You also have to subtract. There will always be an exchange. Come on, listen. If you want to do this, you give up doing that. The Bible encourages us to consider the cost. Come on, everybody say a cost. Of the call of God on your life. So let me lean into a concept and I want to explain it before you judge it. But somehow we have interpreted the free gift of salvation and we have misappropriated the word free. As if there is no cost to the decisions that we're making and we're interpreting God's free gift as we can accept it, reject it, it doesn't matter. It's open to everybody. And so in some weird way, we forget that we have to value it and we have to consider the cost of it. More means pressure. And let me, can I tell you something? Pressure purifies you. Like, like you can't grow without pressure. God wants you to come sit at the table and he wants to heal your pain, but he will not remove your pressure. He will help you navigate it. He will help you hold it. But pressure reveals character. It's only when your day went terrible that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. Most people don't kick the cat on their birthday. I'm not advocating for cat kicking. I'm just saying most people smile and have a decently happy day on a day that is celebration. But it is the day that nothing goes your way, that you're in a little argument, that everything's a little tiffy, everything's a little disorganized. And it's in that moment that the pressure reveals character. God doesn't just want to do something in you. He wants to do something through you. And you have to allow that. And if you do, listen, it will make a lasting impact on your life. I'm not preaching churchy. I'm preaching transformation. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 38 says this. When he saw the crowds, Jesus, he had compassion on them for they were harassed and helpless. Come on. Harassed and helpless. Jesus looked at the condition of mankind and said they are harassed and they are like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Lean into this concept. We can regurgitate it as like in some way we 
identified church attendance as laboring. But Jesus is saying there is more. And I need my people to be hungry for more because there are helpless and harassed people. And I need people who consider the cost and will go do the, I'm going to cuss, work. We want the blessing without the work. We want the gifts without the work. We want the healing without the work. We want prosperity without the work. We want God to deliver our family without the work. And we come to church and we're like, God, I know I have a bunch of junk in my life, but if you want it, take it all out. If you're going to do it, do it. And God's like, number one, you should believe that coming to my table is better. And you should let me surgically reach my hands into your life. And you ought to let me have everything that's been bringing you pain. And if you're unaware of what's bringing your pain, begin to ask the closest relationships to you. Come on, somebody. Took you a while to get here, but you're here now. Welcome to church, people. The harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly, earnestly to the Lord to send the harvest. Pray earnestly. I wish we had some people in the room that their kids needed a laborer and they would pray earnestly that someone would move across their path and spark something that was tried to be planted in the seventh, eighth, and not when they were nine years old. I'm talking about, come on. It doesn't say lecture. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest who will send out laborers into his harvest. And here's the thing that I want you to lean into. Someone sat at that table and was an example and that's the only reason that you're here. Your granny, your pappy, Your old pastor, your old co-worker, your boss. Your, you have seen and benefited from this table. That's why you're curious. And God is saying, yo, you got a seat at this table. Psalms chapter 23, 4 and 5. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table, come on, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Jesus saw the helpless and harassed, and he's moved because there's more. There's more for America. There's more for your life. There's more for your family. There's more. Jesus reveals that there is more, more for you to see, more for you to do, but it will take prayer and lean into this. It will take commitment. David shows us that more means you have to battle and overcome some things. In other words, there's going to be moments while you sit at this table that you may be in an uncomfortable conversation. You may be in a scary moment. You may be in a moment where you have to walk through the threshold of scary 
but his rod and his staff will comfort you. And his table is made for provision. We need time at the table. We need time at the table of the Lord. We need time at the table or we're going to remain stuck in pain and void, come on, listen, of purposeful living. Time at the table brings healing. Time at the table brings confidence. Time at the table brings faith. If you don't spend any time at the table, you're thirsty and you're hungry. And you're going to fill it with every flashy thing that the world says. But at the end of that, you will still be wanting. You have a seat at the table. My assignment is your seat at the table. Your seat at the table. Look at someone and say, your seat at the table. Come on, come on, your seat at the table. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I want to encourage you. We are reading through a soap guide. I think even in the front, there are these guides. Um, we have printed a few off. They're also on our app. Uh, um, if you want to download our app, they can teach you how to do that at the connection uh, table out front. But we are reading through the Bible together. And this is part of what we read earlier this week. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately... He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, and after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way off from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But the disciples saw him walking on the sea and they were terrified. It's a ghost. See, I'd be freaking out too. Start walking on the water. And they cry out in fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. I don't know who's here today, but you need to hear Jesus say that over your life because there are some waves and are, are some winds that winds and waves of offense winds and waves of jealousy winds and waves of things that you're going and you know what the frustrating thing is you're like i feel like i'm on a journey that jesus has put me on i didn't i didn't choose all this I feel like I've been navigating the steps that God has and now this is against me and I need someone to lean into this idea that Jesus is still, take heart. What I'm bringing isn't scary. What you're going through might be, but what I'm, what I'm bringing is not. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. And there's been so many concepts preached about this, but I don't even believe this is faith. I don't. I believe that he got excited. Have you ever, have you ever had kids, like, just walk in with a donut? I want one. You don't even know if you like this donut. I, I purposely bought one that has cream filling in it, hoping that you would not like it. Peter's like, Jesus walking on the water? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fill the water between my toes and not be wet. And I'm gonna, ah. just, just... Cool. All of a sudden, what's in him is revealed. Look at this. Look at this. Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, 
command me to come on the water. He said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, came to Jesus, saw the wind and was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Come on, you got to turn on the air. It's getting hot in here. Thank you, everybody. Turn that air down. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him and said, oh, you of little faith, stop. He didn't lose his faith in just a couple steps. The wind and the waves was an indication of the little faith he had. Look at this. Why did you doubt? And when he got out of the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, you're him. You are truly the Son of God. So let's talk about this, because this story is going to illustrate my point about your seat at the table. And you're like, how is it going to do that? It's about water and boats. Um, but the story shows us that more requires increase in your perspective. This story is about an increase in perspective. The water walking moment isn't just so that we can have a social media post. The, the water walking moment isn't just so that everybody can be excited about Jesus's power. The, they are called but they are called not to just receive Jesus, but to be equipped by Jesus. This is an equipping moment, and their seat at the table is preparing them for more. And so I want to give you four reminders today about your seat at the table. Here's the first one. The seat is by invitation. Okay, now let's think about this. Let's add context to the story real quick. We read the story and each man in the boat was invited into relationship. They were called and they were assembled. We don't just get to come to Jesus by, listen, our own desires. There is a stirring and a drawing by the power of the Holy Spirit to come sit and receive at the table. It's imperative, listen, to understand that regardless of your level of spiritual victories, meaning maybe I struggle, maybe I say a couple cuss words, maybe I don't read my Bible like I should, maybe I have some addictions, that, and, and, and maybe I'm not like as strong as I should be. That does not determine your invitation at the table. Come here. Does that make sense? God is like, come, come here. I want you at my table. I know you have a lot going on. And actually, I don't think it can be fixed until you come sit at my table. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? I, I, need, I need you to understand, you don't just get to run up to this table and pull up a chair. Saturday, we, uh, went to, I went, my family went to a wedding, and it was an invitation only. In other words, there was no generic post. The people who were throwing on this wedding, this event, had specific names that they wanted on the list. And if your name wasn't on the list, you didn't get to come in. In our Western culture, we have heard a lot of generic opportunities for everyone to come to faith but you have missed the fact that it's specific your name god has been thinking about you 
It is open to everyone, but it's not a generic, come all, come one, anybody who want. It is a specific, open invitation to you, and the Holy Spirit is drawing you to come sit at this table. Come on. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart, and he knocks. Invitation. Will you let me in? Will you open up your heart to me? Luke chapter 13, verse 29 says, and the people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south to recline at the table of the kingdom of God. Your place at the table is because of the miraculous love of God. You are not one of many, but you are many who have been called to be the one. Does that make sense? If you miss that, you will never think of yourself as valuable because he's probably talking to everybody, not me. Have you ever been in a moment like that where a plan is made and you're in a group of friends and they're like, hey, you want to? Okay, cool. You want to? Yeah, you want to? You're going to go? You're going to go? Oh, you can come. Thank you. You're like, I don't really feel invited, but I do feel included. And that's people's salvation. I don't know if I was really invited, but I'm kind of included because it's open to all. No, 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 no. You, come on, listen. Are, there's an invitation to you, to the world. At, it specifically has your name, and he is saying, hey, listen, I have an invitation for you at this table. Come on, is that good? Give him a hand. Come on. An invitation of transformation, an invitation to be salt and light. The second thing is your seat is for activation. Look at how Jesus begins this story. Immediately. What? What leader says that? So aggressive. Immediately? Like, does Jesus even understand what just happened? John the Baptist was just beheaded. Jesus and the disciples are mourning. The people are coming because they're concerned over what's been happening. Jesus then gets some fish and bread and feeds 5,000 people. And there's a lot of like emotional energy that has been spent. I mean, like we were low and then we were high and we was like, oh man, we missed John. And hey man, this is great, a buffet. I mean, it's like there's a lot that's been happening internally. And Jesus is like, immediately, get up and get into the boat. Immediately, get up and get into the boat. I just, I don't like that tone. I don't like that tone, Jesus. I, I work better with leaders that are suggestive. I work better with people who are not really like demanding, and so I think that I would like the tone of, hey, I know you might be mentally exhausted from picking up all the extra pieces of fish and bread in the baskets, and so when you've recovered a little bit and you've had a couple naps, do you wanna get into the boat? Because if you do, that'd be really awesome and special. What? Jesus didn't do anything. They're all like high-fiving, chest-butting. You see that? Oh, get in the 
boat. What? Now? Right now. Get in the boat. Let's go. Right now. Stop that conversation. Right now. Stop being angry. Right now. Right, right now. That's not going to work for you. Right now. If you stay longer in that mental attitude, when that depression and, and that anxiety and that victim state, if you stay in that right now, how long do you want to be there? Is it good for everybody? Does everybody, oh, guess what they're in right now. Let's all come over and have a party right now. Come on. Our best moment is when you're at your worst moment. <laughs> right now. Immediately. Get in the boat. We don't know why Jesus said that. But we know that everything that Jesus does, come on, listen, is good. And God has good plans for us. I don't know if they stayed there and they rested and they kind of lowered their, 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 their purpose. Would they have been tempted? Would people have come by and said, look what y'all did. Y'all are so special. How did y'all do all that? You're so organized. The way you broke everybody into groups. I have a tent business. You want to come over and help me? You can scale that. You want to do that? Y'all are awesome people. Did any one of y'all 12 need a job? Jesus is like, we're not a one and done ministry. We're not a one and done. Huh, I served on planning center this year. That was a lot. <laughs> Woo! Need to replenish. Got five conferences I need to go to. Got to fill back up. What? Your seat at the table should activate you beyond your last experience. This is why we serve. This is why we have the understanding. People are helpless and they har harass. And God has more for us. And I just need you to understand that God is not going to let you come up with the, the, the recipe and plan to, to, to develop you. He's going to expand you and activate you beyond your capacity. And that tension produces something. In no way are we saying that this is self-serving, but we, God believes that we have more to give and we need to be activated to do that. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Every time we hear the word, we're activated. Every time we hear the word, we're activated. We're less like how we feel and we're more like what he says. Jesus is like, hey, we got to go again. We're not waiting. We're going again. We're not done. We're going to eat again. It's better over there. And here's the thing is that in this moment, everybody's like, Jesus, 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 next meal. Woo. I mean, everybody, we're partying. But over there, it's scary. And some of you, I don't know if it was the previous church you were in or maybe just a, a lack of going deep in faith, but you've thought and, and wanted and desired only the 5,000 moment, but you also forgot that the lessons happen in the scary. And this moment and this moment are equal. Come on. Your seat at the table means there's more. Here's the third one. Your seat at the table brings elevation. Not only do you activate, not only is there an invitation and an activation, but there is an elevation. When I started to date Katie, we did the weirdest things. 
when I would come in, like when I tell you I was date deficient, I did not know how to date. In my mind, I was going to go pick her up and honk. Your man is here. (laughs) She wanted to do weird things like sit at the table and talk with her family for a long time. Like, I was raised by a single mom. She had three jobs. We never ate at the table. Like seven times in my life, we ate at the table. We ate in front of the television, and we had TV trays. And every other Christmas, we bought new TV trays. And so we, come on, like, we didn't talk to each other. We laughed. <laughs> 18. You know what I'm like, that's what we did. We ate at the bar. I, I sometimes was the one fixing dinner And so we would eat in our rooms. And I'm coming to their table, and they're staying here forever. And I'm eating in five. They don't get up. And then after like an hour and a half, and I'm just listening. They're like, let's play a game. I'm like, stab me. (laughs) Here's my issue. Now as a father of four, I've realized that the table is the most important place in your home. That in the bathroom. Because you know you gotta eat and you gotta you gotta you gotta let some things go. So you know what happens here at the table? You know how your 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 you know how your perspective gets elevated at the table? Think about all that happens at the table. Mealtime discussions, critical thinking. Important family decisions, life lessons, correction, laughter, growth, discipline, nourishment, tears, sweet moments, all of that happens at the table. And some of us are not sitting long enough to learn. You think you can get it in fast food, but God is like, you need to stay a minute. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to want to fidget. Come on. If you've ever had over three or four kids, it takes them forever to stop messing with I'm like, we're here eating. Like, I just don't know why my finger has to go in their ear. (laughs) That's what we're doing now. Cool. And the whole time, I'm like, stop it. Don't stop it. Don't stop it. Don't. But here's the crazy thing is... We went from 30 seconds of content to like a minute of connection to five minutes of connection. And now I have teenagers and we can almost stay at the table for like 45 minutes without someone getting mad. Come on. Some of y'all, that was too real for y'all, wasn't it? Like the reality is 
you're building the capacity to sit at the table longer. How long is church? I mean, the fidget. What? Come on. Your seat at the table elevates your perspective. The disciples were about to learn another lesson. They thought they were just on a boat, but the boat was more. There will be times in your life that the greatest lessons happen in the scariest places. When the winds and the waves start to work, and some of you are in winds and waves right now, you started coming to church consistently, and it's all hitting the fan. Try to work on your marriage only to find out that you're like, oh my God, this thing is worse than I thought. Come on, winds and waves. Start working on your parenting, start working on your finances, start working on whatever. And you feel winds and waves, winds and waves, winds and waves. And I am telling you that when those moments happen, you cannot listen to the enemy who is always going to push you and distract you and get your eyes off of Jesus. Jesus shows us that everyone in the boat learned that Jesus has the final word. Over all the scary, over all the feelings, come on, lean into this, Jesus has the final word. What you're going through right now does not have the final word. We are praying for your marriage. We are praying for your finances. We are praying for that addiction to break off of your life. Your past failures or your current struggles must surrender to the word of Jesus. Come on, elevate. Does that make sense? Elevate your perspective. Don't quit. Jesus is serving up dishes that will change your life and way too many people want to quit. Marriage is hard. Walk down the aisle. Spend a lot of money. Take a bunch of pictures with people that you know if you're gonna like in 10 years. <laughs> and you're like, oh girl. He's, she's like, yeah, man. And you're gonna gotta live with them. And you 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 find out one weekend they're crazy. They're crazy. Me and my wife have been married. How long have we been married? Uh, how long? 20? 20? I thought it was 22. 20? 20? Uh, I think we're... Uh, <laughs> girl, you're making it 20 years like a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why y'all need a church. Uh, um, my point is this. It's hard. And come to the table. Eat, grow, change, elevate. Come on, work on your stuff. Stop. Your job isn't to fix your mate. It's for you to come here every Sunday and fix you by the Spirit of God. Say, God, here I am. It's, it, you're, come on, hear what I'm saying. You're, you're not here. You're not here to fix your kids. You're not here to fix your boss. You're not here to fix your parents. You're not here. That's the speck in the log. You're here to go, yo, I'm jacked up more than I even know. And I need to sit at the table so I can elevate. 
Walk through the threshold of scary. Don't let overwhelmingness cause you to leave your seat. Here's the fourth thing. Your seat requires cultivation. Peter asked to meet with Jesus on the water. And this moment is indicative of the lessons that Jesus is trying to teach Peter over and over again. See, we view it as a story, but God views it as a continual lesson. Here is the lesson. Peter, Jesus asked, who, who, who does everybody think I am? And Peter is the only one that's like, man, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the, I mean, I'm just telling you, like, you're it. You're Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus is like, man, on that revelation, I'm going to build my church. And I'm going to call you the rock. Man, <laughs> okay. So, so I like a title. And Jesus puts Peter in scenario after scenario so that he understands you will not be this rock in your Different times, we see the boat where Peter's like, let me do it. You know, your boy, the rock. Oh, the rock sinks. <laughs> Gets out on there, and he begins to look at the winds and waves and sees everything else. Gets his focus off of Jesus. Puts his focus on himself. And he's like, help, save me. I need some help. Same thing happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. Guards come up to take Jesus Petey Pete's like, not on my watch. Shing. Takes out his knife, cuts a guard's ear off. Jesus is like, Peter, put up the sword. If you live by it, you'll die by it. Jesus grabs the guard's ear, puts it right back on him. Jesus, and Peter's like frustrated. He's like, if I can't use what I have, how do I serve you? And Jesus is like, I need you to come sit at my table. Because I'm going to give you everything that you need. And you will use all of your gifts, but I will be all of your supply. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? He still doesn't get it. And so Jesus is taken, and people come up to Peter, and they're like, weren't you with him? Weren't you with him? And he denies, denies, because he looks at all the winds and all the waves but finally something happens and he is full of the Holy Spirit and where he used to self-protect, now he walks in the authority and he's like, I got the lesson. I got the lesson. Here's the thing. God cannot build everything in you if you will not sit at the seat because everything that he gives to you is for you to give to somebody else. God is not just interested in making you better. God is interested in healing you because if he heals the dad, he heals the marriage, he heals the kids. If he begins to heal the mom, he come on, you hear what I'm saying? He heals the daughters, he heals the sons. God understands that the best place for you is at the table. Think about all the ways that we could cultivate. We can do this by many different avenues. 
serving in the church, helpless and harassed. We can, we can be a part. We can do this by inviting people to church. Invite your coworker. Invite them. We already talked about this. Every one of you are here because of someone modeled something for you. Going on a mission trip, supporting a missionary, getting out, going. I mean, I, listen, your seat at the table is about activation. Start a business. Be an entrepreneur. Be a Christian entrepreneur. Start a business. Have two or three people. Get better. Get stronger. Elevate your thinking. Come on. Voting. Out in the lobby, we have a voter's registration. You can, voting is a way. Don't fall into the lie of, oh, well, you know, church and politics and whatever. The bottom line is, in every tool that we have as believers to cultivate something, God told Adam, you have dominion, tend and keep it. Your, your time at the table isn't compartmentalized to church. It's life. So I want to think like this. I, I'm going to act like this. I'm going to run my home like this. I want to, I, I want to be a, an employee that walks in with this. I want to vote. I, I'm just like my, everything in my life, there are no compartments. The last 25 years, the church has gotten to this idea where we don't want to talk about politics, but they keep crossing the line into moral things, and now we keep having nothing to talk about. And so now churches are only talking about Jesus, but not what Jesus wants to transform. Come on. He will renew your mind. He will wash your mind with the word. And that means when you sit at the table, everything changes and there's a cultivation that happens. Come on. Come on. Give him some praise. Come on. My prayer is this is the first time. If you've never voted, vote. You don't know what you're doing? Well, talk to our connect group. We'll give you some information. You can go do the research. But the reality is everything in your life should shift. So here's the thing. Will you value your seat at the table? Your seat at the table. You know what's really sad to me? Is that we have so many of us, me included. You know, I, I've, I've told you guys a little bit of my story, but I was adopted from a foster home. My parents divorced. We, live in, we lived in poverty and I started to believe that there were tables that I didn't belong to. Things that I don't know. Like tables that I want to sit in but maybe was not invited to. And I am telling you, you're invited to the greatest table. This table never ends. It will last forever. And I need you to value this seat. Jesus is not saying, you gotta be over 80K a year to sit here. <laughs> you have to have a master's degree to sit here. I mean, we don't, we don't want dumb people at the table. You have to have a certain background to sit here. 
can't be addicted to sit here. I mean, if you're going to sit here, you need to give up all your cussing before you come. Go fix yourself and then come sit down because we have a, like there's a marketing image that really we're trying to work on. And branding is everything. And so if you'll go fix yourself and then you can go sit at this table because really we only want cute people at the table. You're just not one. what we think but God is like no 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 I want people to sit because here's what I'll do if you go back and read the story of David and I'm way out of time but when David first got on the scene there was nothing impressive about him it describes him and it says that he's a weak little kid and then the anointing of God falls on him. He begins to sit in the chair and he becomes brave, a mighty warrior. All of these attributes come out. And I am telling you, you don't even know who you are yet. The world may see broken, I see high capacity. The world may see an addicted person, abusive, narcissist, all the words that everybody in the room deals with. But what I see is a man or woman of God coming to sit in the chair and you give me some time and you watch what God will do because my testimony will be about God. I'm not canceling anybody at this church. The only thing that we're canceling is sin off of our life. That's it. But you've got to value this table, this, this chair. You've got to value it. So there are two things real quick as we end. The first is, maybe there's somebody here you've never accepted the invitation that Jesus has specifically, not generically, given you. And he is asking you, son, daughter, teenager, Will you come sit here? I have some things that I want to tell you. Some will be loving. Some will be hard. But it will totally change your life. The second group is honestly the ones that I'm more concerned about. And you've had enough church where you've chosen the chair, but your life indicates that you no longer value it. You don't value the chair and you're thinking that you can substitute fast food with sure food and God is wanting you to sit at the table and let him activate elevate and cultivate your life and if you will do that over time I promise you debts will be canceled people will see what God has done in your life and they will praise God for it. I wish I could have some people that could testify about what I'm talking about. Has anybody seen that? Come on, come on, come on. So here's the thing. First group, you gotta accept this invitation. Y'all go ahead and come right up here. If you need to accept this invitation to this chair, that means I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. I, for, I ask forgiveness of my sin and I come to Him and I realize that there is no other chair in my life. 
that will heal me like Jesus so if that's you come on on the count of three on the count of three with boldness come on lift your hand one two three come on thank you thank you thank you put your hands down I'm see the Bible y'all don't understand like churchy people are too churchy they're like oh yeah that's what you do but the you, but the Bible says that God draws and so in time this 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 moment has been ordained and you're witnessing new life like the Bible says that all heaven rejoices like they're like wow what they finally heard don't, don't not this guy you know what I'm saying so if you raise your hand or you've already said this prayer or you've already asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life it, collectively as a body will you guys repeat this with me come on all of us dear Heavenly Father forgive me of my sin help me lead me guide me I sit in the chair that you've provided save my life I give up every other chair in Jesus name amen okay so here's the thing this next one is actually harder because the Bible says that we can deceive ourselves and so you can agree with a sermon that you actually don't live have you valued this chair more than your raise have you valued this chair more than winning your argument with your spouse have you valued this chair more than being right on Facebook have you valued the chair more than your outfit have you valued this chair? come on somebody and if you have reduced the value of this chair then this is God's loving pull to say will you come back and make the first thing the main thing come on does that make sense and so the band's gonna kind of just kind of pick up the intensity of just a little bit and and if if you if this is you and I need to come on I, I need to value the chair all over again because you've already made a decision of faith and because we are cheering for you praying for you and fasting for you if that's you on the count of three I want you to stand up come on one two three if that's you come on stand up right where you're at come on 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 who else thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message impacted you Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.